Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, hey, welcome Solar Warrior to another Tactical Tuesday, conversations with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast. Every now and then, we dig into the archives because there are some amazing conversations that have happened over the course of 550 plus episodes with leaders like Carrie Hayes, the head of Americas for REC Americas, one of the guys that actually brought the folks back to the United States. He's been at REC for a long, long time. Carrie's got a great heritage, a great reputation, and a tradition for excellence over at REC. His episode, in fact, was the first to air in 2022, and it was one of the most downloaded and one of the most commented on episodes of that year. In this episode replay, we're going to pull back a snippet to show some of the decisions he had to make, some of the life that he chose to live from the sunny slopes to the crystal towers, the glass tower, as it were, at Smith Barney in Chicago, and deciding to ultimately leave that lap of luxury and jump into the solar coaster. Carrie's got some great stories. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to share this with you so that you don't miss the great stories that are in the backlog, the back catalog, that is, of Suncast. Carrie really is one of those folks in the industry that not only a lot of people have learned from and looked up to, but have tremendous respect for, as do I. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us and level up your game. You've chosen the right place to be and the right mentors to put into your earballs today. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guest and the recommendations from this and every other episode in our show notes at mysuncast.com. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show, whatever app you are on, it gives you the option to subscribe or follow. And while you're there, hopefully it gives you the option to leave a rating. And if I'm so lucky to leave a review, we've got more than 75 five-star reviews. The easiest way to do that, if you can't figure it out, is ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast. That's really easy on Apple Podcasts, really easy as well on Spotify. Thanks to everyone who has taken the time to leave us your enthusiastic five-star review and rating. It helps others find this show just like you and learn and grow right here. Well, let's get down to it. Today, we're going to tune up your skills, Solo Warrior, with my friend, Carrie Hayes, in another practical, tactical conversation here on Suncast. You mentioned that... What you didn't say was after a period of avoiding responsibility, uh, by and large, from your dad's perspective, I presume, while ski bumming in Colorado, kudos and my uh, my sincere um, uh, jealousy stoked, you decided to go get a job. You got a job as an investment banker at Smith Smith Barney. Uh, Bring us up to speed. I think that was around 30 is the first real job you ever had. So we'll drop drop in there. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. I I was... Graduated college, I ski bummed in Crested Butte for seven, eight years, and it was just amazing. I mean, I skied 
100 days a year and just had an amazing run in my 20s, right? I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was great. And then I was like around 29, 30. It was kind of the the peak of the dot-com boom, right? The market peak and all that fun stuff in the stock market around 2000, 99, 2000. And I was like, well, I better go figure out how to get a real job now. So yeah, I mean, I sort of had in that deeply ingrained in my mind, I, I had that I have to sort of prove to my dad or prove to myself or something that I could go back to Chicago and and do that. So that's what I did. I literally was Tiva and, Tivas and Shorts and Crest and Butte one day to 10 interviews, somehow got the job. I, I got to tell you how I got this job, which is also a good story. But I ended up you know, at Smith Barney on the train downtown uh, on the 7, you know, 12 a.m. train, which was insane, like two weeks later. So I got to tell you this story. This is, this is actually a good one. So 10, inter- 10 interviews to get this job at Smith, up, the Smith Barney. I'm up against a lot of really smart people, right? Who went to Colgate, who went to Cornell, blah, 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 blah. And I went to Colorado State University, right? And I wasn't, I was not a particularly good student either, right? So there I am, and it's the final interview. And I'm in this woman named Marsha Werner's office. I'll never forget it. It's up high in a big glass tower building downtown Chicago, overlooking the city and the lake and the whole bit. She's like, hey, Carrie, you know, so you made it to me. So you must have done something right. So good for you. And I'm the last stop here and I'm the decision maker. I'm like, great. Well, nice to meet you. And, you know, I'm excited to be here, et cetera. She's like, I'm looking at your resume and I just got to be honest with you. I just don't see anything on here. Like, what the hell have you been doing for like the last seven, eight, nine years? I see Crested Butte, odd jobs, blah, blah, blah. And I had, I had sort of embellished, you know, trying to make something look like I had done something besides <laughs> ski every day, right? <laughs> And I'm like, and I just, I had nothing to lose. I, you know, I was like, I'm just going to be honest. And I looked her square in the eye and said, Marsha, you know what I've been doing for the last eight years? I've been having the best time of my life. I've been skiing in this little mountain town in Southwest Colorado that you probably have never heard of called Crested Butte. I've skied a hundred days a year. I have a snowmobile. I've got this whole backcountry ski tour methodology with my friends where we snowmobile up into the backcountry 10 miles and then go hike up these mountains and ski these beautiful shots and no one's around. And I told her, I mean, I got way into it, right? I told her like exactly how, what I was doing and how awesome it was. And I'll never forget. She just sat there and was like, it was a long pause at the end of this story, like a, like a very long, uncomfortable 30 second pause as she was processing. And then she goes, I wish I did that when I was your age. That sounds amazing. That sounds great. You're hired. And then I got, I got the job. So that's so good. It was great. It was great. I mean, I mean, she didn't say you're hired on the spot, but I I did get hired. And I think my honesty in that moment, I tried, I could have tried to, you know, to bullshit her, but I told her the truth about exactly what I was doing. Right. So Hey, you know, that's relevant for everyone listening right now, because we've all been in that moment where someone, well, maybe not all of us, but most of us have been in that moment where somebody questions your experience and you feel insecure about it. But the reality is every decision you've made, every place that you've been is preparing you for where you're at right now. And my journey is not Carrie's journey. Our journey is not your journey. What you've done forms a unique piece of the universe that somebody is looking for. And I think that's the important thing to remember when we're engaging in these conversations is that the Marsha Warners of the world 
sacrificed a lot of their own personal enjoyment to try and get to the place they're at. Big time. And for Carrie, it was it was that <laughs> juxtaposition that actually yeah. gave him the opportunity to take this killer role where he was making a ton of money in his early 30s and and ultimately realizing that that, that was a crucible he didn't want to be in. Right. So I think that job ended up being about three years. That's exactly right. I think this is the part where I usually will ask the question, when did you feel the calling or how did you sort of discover that solar energy was a thing and and how did you shift your career in that direction? So yeah, there I was at Smith Barney on the 52nd floor as sort of the new kid. And I started as a broker and I moved on to this investment banking team, but I was doing really well. I was like top three or 4% nationally. You know, I was at the second or third top grossing office in America. You know, I, I had made a full quick transition from ski bum to like high performing. Holy crap. I'm in like right. a big pool here. And it was intense. It was super intense, but I mean, it was good. Like I was pushing 15 hour days. I was the new guy. It was good for me. It, it taught me really how to work. And I didn't really know how to work <laughs> coming into that. But after a couple of years of that, uh, I learned very quickly how to work and how to put my head down, which was which was ultimately good for me. But yeah, so I was sitting there and I was tired and getting burnt out on it pretty quickly. But I also realized I was looking around the room and I'm looking at all these guys in their 50s and 60s and they're making, you know, multiple seven figures and they're doing really well and they're all living kind of where I grew up in Wilmette, Winnetka, Glencoe area of the north suburbs of Chicago. And I hear these conversations and I'm like, I'm listening to them like they're kind of broke. Like, oh, I got three kids, two kids are in Harvard, one's going to Colgate. I got two BMWs in the driveway. I've got three vacation houses. I got no money. I, I always viewed it as like, they're on this, this like habit trail, like the circular habit trail, like going around, going around, going around, and they're never really getting anywhere. Right. So I'm like, I don't know if I really want to be that guy. I think I want to do something different. So at the same time I had, uh, gone out to California. I play music. I'm a drummer and I've always played music. I had gone and played some music with some friends in California, up in Nevada City, California. And this guy who we played at his house was kind of a weed grower type. And he would, he had a small solar energy system. He had, he had panels and he was showing me his batteries, early battery system and an off-grid system. And he's like, I'm, I'm powering this whole thing from solar. It's like, that's kind of interesting. So I went back to Smith Barney and I started looking like, are there solar companies that are public? Is this even a thing? And there's no, there was not. There was nothing. There was a small solar market in California. There was uh, a little bit in New Jersey that had just started back in those days, but there was no real companies that were interesting. And it was just early, early days. And I said, huh. So I started really thinking about that. I'm like, I don't want to push Excel spreadsheets and push money around at Smith Barney. I need something a little more deeply satisfying, but maybe solar can hit the bill, right? I'm, I love the outdoors and I can contribute to the green of the world, right? The greening of the planet. With solar, this is obviously an industry that I would think is going to explode. It totally makes sense. Why wouldn't it explode? This is, this is a no-brainer, right? So I got that idea firmly planted in my head as I was sitting there on the 52nd floor. Then the mission was like, how the hell am I going to get into this, right? And so I started searching, scanning, seeking, how the hell am I going to get into this industry that doesn't really exist yet? 
And so I started reading about it. I started uh, taking classes that summer while I was still at Smith Barney. I took a couple weeks off, as I recall, and I went out to uh, Solar Energy International in Carbondale, Colorado with um, Johnny Weiss at the time, who was great. And uh, I took some classes about like beginning PV 101. And I still look back at that. Those guys were really helpful in my career. I was trying to find a way into it. At the same time, I was like, all right, now I know that Smith Barney is not it. And I don't know what the next thing is. And so I, wa- I walked into Bob Ultimus was my boss. I walked into Bob's office on a, on a Friday at Smith Barney. And I said, Bob, I'm going to quit. And he's like, what? You, you can't quit. He's like, do you have another job? I'm like, no, don't have another job. Don't know really what I'm doing, but I just know this doesn't feel right. And he just shook it. He's like, no, 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 wait, no, no, wait, wait a minute. He's like, you kids these days, you know, you gotta, you gotta think you're the, like, you're set up. You're going to make, let me walk you through this. (laughs) You're going to make all this money here. You're one of the top guys, like the top young guns nationally. You're going to make all this money. You're going to inherit all these accounts. You're going to be in this office right over here, looking at the lake. It's going to be great. Like you can't walk away from this. What are you, what are you talking about? I said, Bob, you know, it, it just doesn't, just not feeling it. Like this is not, I don't think this is my future. He's like, go home. I do not accept your resignation. Go home this weekend. Think about it and come back on Monday. And I'm hoping you're going to change your mind. You really need to think about your future. You are really in a good spot here. You, you don't want to throw this down the trash can. So I went home and not surprisingly, I didn't change my mind. And I came back Monday morning. I said, Bob, I really appreciate your guidance. Um, but no, this this is not me. This is not me for the long term. One of the three pillars is missing, the have fun part. Exactly, exactly. And I, that was a big moment for me in my life. Hey, I know you are a savvy listener. Heck, you're listening to Suncast. And you've probably, as a result, heard of a little company called SunGrow. If you're not using SunGrow inverters on your projects, I would love to better understand why. They are the inverter of choice for many of the EPCs that I know. SunGrow is the number one in gigawatts deployed. They've got the top bankability in the industry. Hexsolve uses them for the majority of their projects. And you may not even know, but SunGrow has the largest R&D team in the power electronics industry. These three Key points alone have convinced most of the major U.S. developers to prefer SunGrow. They now experience a diversified supply chain, local service team, patented containerized product, all with their seamless, pain-free commissioning. Look, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So why spend all of your cycles on what inverter to use when the largest EPC in the land has already done the heavy lifting for you? You can have their same experience for your projects. See how at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Hey family, one quick reminder here that if you haven't yet joined Resource Labs, you are missing out. It is our outstanding community. It's the evolution of Suncast moving from presentations, you listening to us talk, to conversations. Our community involved in conversations as varied as powering Australia to green hydrogen to crypto 
and so many other things. Our newsroom is full of great insights. The main chat and even our RE Plus Where to Party At channel have been popping off. We've got more than 100 folks enjoying the community, and I would invite you in. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash community. Come see how Resource Labs can help you grow your influence, impact, and income. See you inside. Had you already conceptualized this whole three pillars idea? Not really. I didn't really know those three pillars at that time. I was still sort of feeling out my own self and my career. Because at that time, I had this, this thing in my mind where like, I remember I used to say this in my 20s, which is kind of wrong now. But I used to say like, oh, well, if you have to work anyway, you might as well just work as hard as you can and just sacrifice everything because you've got to work anyway. It was like all or nothing, right? Like work all in not all in. or is it, I, I've learned in my old age now that there is a lot of gray area in between these things, right? But I was sort of an all or nothing kind of mentality back then. But, but that was a big moment for me because A, I had done sort of the, the big job and proved to make my dad or myself or some combination thereof that I could do this. So it was, it was hugely disappointing to my dad but he never said it, you know, he was never, he was so totally supportive of me, which was great. He's like, you need to do what you need to do. And I support you hundred percent, which was the best thing I could have ever, ever heard. But I know deep down, he was like, whoa, what is this kid doing? <laughs> like he's off the deep end. Like he's nuts. Right. Yeah. Still what a relief that your dad was willing to give you that, that support. Which was huge, which was huge for sure. So yeah, so I quit. It was a big leap and a big scary thing. I didn't have a job. The coolest thing that Bob Altimus did for me on my way out the door was he said, let me call this guy. He thought I wanted to be like a trader, which I kind of had an interest in. And I was, I felt a little stifled at Smith Barney. So he's like, let me call this guy. And he called the, at the time, the guy who owned Citadel Capital in Chicago, which, which became like one of the largest hedge funds in the world. His name's Ken, the guy who owns it. I forget his last name. He's like, Ken, I got this guy, Kerry, here. He's he's a trader type. He's kind of a cowboy. He's like, are you hiring over there? I mean, he like was trying to get me another job on the way out the door, which I always thought was a really cool gesture. From there, I got in my, uh, a couple months later, I got in my truck. Uh, I packed up my stuff in my truck. I drove my truck with not much plan and not much clue. I knew there was a solar market in California. I knew that's where the market was. And I had I was going through a divorce at the time. I had married my high school sweetheart. So I got divorced. I quit my big job. And I'm like, I am going to completely start over at age 35, basically. It was a big move. It was a big move. And you moved to California without a job. And I recall you were writing articles in the meantime, trying and climbing trees. The journey eventually got you to REC, where you basically became a lifer. But you, again, had... Uh, like the Smith Barney thing was like 10 interviews, the solar industry, you had at least two choices to make. Kind of walk me through choosing REC. Yeah. So I ended up in uh, on a couch in Richmond, California, climbing trees uh, and doing tree work with my buddy, uh, Tim Richmond Lowry. in the aughts? I mean, sketchy. Like I had never lived in California. I didn't know anything about the Bay Area. And my friend Tim's like, hey, I own this tree service. Come on out. You can sleep on my couch. You can work with me. I'll pay you like 20 bucks an hour. And you can look for your solar jobs or figure out your real life, but you can do this for a while and help me out. So I was doing that during the day, working like brutal hard work. And I was a climber, so I could climb trees. But I mean, it was working with two Guatemalan guys, myself and Tim, the four of us, 
And I talk about real work. I mean, that's, uh, that's real work. That's one of the things that I appreciate about you. And I know that the folks on your team who actually know your story, by the way, if you're listening to this and you are either new to the team and you, or you've never heard these stories, I want you to know these stories because it's so inspiring to see someone who could have done anything, as you just described, pull yourself up from the bootstrap, start something new, be willing to climb trees and write articles for like a nobody newspaper and crested boot while you figured it out because you had decided that you wanted to be in the solar industry. Yeah. And I had a passion for it, right? I mean, that's passion fuels everything, right? I was, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. I wanted it bad. I knew it was uh, interesting. So yeah, I messed around with some articles, uh, solar energy classes at SEI, a bunch of different stuff. I actually got a job for like a, for like a month with this little company called Greenlight Solar up in San Rafael. And I just actually reconnected with Mike Allen. It was me and yeah. Mike Allen. Mike Allen, who totally. owns All Energy in, in, uh, in uh, Minnesota. And Mike was like, had just come off. I literally just had dinner with Mike the other day. It was great. Mike was the field goal kicker on the uh, University of Wisconsin football team and had, had kicked the game-winning field goal in like the Fiesta Bowl or something. No way. And was a total like national hero. Still is, right? And he was like 20-something and I was like 30-something and we were both trying to figure out our life in solar. So I worked there for like a month, and then it, but that wasn't really much. And then it came down to a couple months later, I had met uh, Dan Thompson at the early SPG, which was kind of one of the leaders in residential in the Bay Area yeah. back in those days. Yeah. And then, Were you there when Dylan was the Chiweller, like secretary of the front desk? I don't remember, but the guy who- Oh, but you never went there. You just met Dan. I met him. No, I actually interviewed in, in their office in San Rafael, oh. but the main guy was Brendan Neagle. Yeah. Brendan was the sales guy or the sales leader there. So I, I interviewed with Brendan on one side. And then I got connected with this guy, Matthew Woods and Angelo. And so I met, I met Woods and I interviewed with him. But then I sat in this office or in this warehouse in Sunnyvale with Angelo. And let me just uh, juxtapose these interviews, which was tells you everything you need to know. I'm in, I'm in Dan Thompson's office, the shiny glass office in San Rafael. SPG at the time was, you know, well, very big company doing really great. And he's got his cowboy boots up on the desk and he's, he's very confident, you know, pushing pretty highly egocentric. You're going to make so much money here. It's going to be so great. We're crushing it in the market. We're the best. You'll never find better. I was like, yeah, it's interesting. And then I go meet Angelo and we're sitting in this like warehouse. There's no chairs. There's no place to sit. So we'll both like grab like five gallon buckets and sit on these five gallon buckets. There's like a forklift driving by beep, 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 beep in the background. And he's like, so what do you think would be uh, interesting U.S. markets to start in U.S. residential? How do you think we would do that if we did something like that? So I mean, it's interestingly like, okay, this is completely entrepreneurial and different. This is going to be fun. So that's how I ended up at REC. I think I was employee number 26 or something. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this practical insight from a solar warrior. I like to call a friend, Mr. Kerry Hayes. Kerry, thank you for taking the time to spend time with us here on Suncast. Thank you for the tremendous example that you've given us in this industry. Your career profile is proof that you can be anything you want to be in this life. You just got to work for it. What did you learn did you like this episode? Do you like these kinds of vignettes? When I 
pull back some of the learning lessons, the snippets, the nuggets, if you will, from past episodes? If so, please shoot me an email, nicoatmysuncast.com, or leave me a message on the LinkedIn post that no doubt will show up for this one. You can follow the Suncast podcast on LinkedIn, on Twitter, also on Instagram, where we almost never post, but please follow us there anyway. Uh, Occasionally we do, I suppose. We'll be back here on Thursday with a great interview with my friend Alex Stewart of Standard Carbon. They are the QuickBooks of Carbon. We did an amazing in-person conversation with him, our first office hours, in fact, of Resource Labs back in the fall, where we dug into what it looks like to actually establish a carbon footprint up and down the value chain, scope one, two, and three. Alex is a really, really smart guy where that is concerned. You're not going to want to miss that. It's uh, 60 minutes of your life worth giving into this conversation. If you want to enjoy more like this, there's a whole lot more in our back catalog. As you might have heard, more than 550 episodes. You can get those highlights, social media links, book recommendations, and more by going to mysuncast.com. Dot com. While you're there, I'd like you to check out our sponsors. You can see them on our homepage. You can also see them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. It's also where you could learn ways to partner with us to reach thousands of solar warriors and climate champions just like they do each and every week. A couple of other buttons that you'll want to pay close attention to. The one that says work with Nico allows you to grab 15 minutes on my calendar and talk with me about ways that I might be able to help you in your business or in your personal career growth. And the other is our community. You can commune with other like-minded souls, more than 250 such leaders in the industry who've chosen to join us on our journey in Resource Labs. Hope to see you over in those conversations. In the meantime, remember you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.